Welcome to the Audit Room, the number one podcast where you can share your audit experiences, ask questions, and get expert coaching and feedback. Episodes are recorded live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Chicago Time, 12 noon New York, and 6 p.m. Berlin. So be sure to check the show notes to join our next meeting and get all your auditing questions answered. Now, here are our hosts, Trent Russell and Tracy Marquardt. This podcast is brought to you by Green Skies Analytics, the services firm that helps auditors leapfrog up the analytics maturity model. Their approach for launching audit analytics programs with a series of proven quick win analytics will guarantee the results worthy of the analytics hype. Whether your audit team needs a data strategy, methodology, governance, literacy, or anything else related to audit and analytics, visit greenskiesanalytics.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Quality Assurance Communication. If you're an internal auditor who wants to take your own or your team's communication skills and audit results to the next level, who wants to create more for yourself, your team, and your organization, no matter where you work around the globe, then check out Quality Assurance Communication at qacommunication.com. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us again. Uh, this is Trent Russell and this is The Audit Room. You can join us live to ask your questions of our guests, such as Leah. Every Tuesday at 11 Central Standard Time, you can do that by connecting with myself and or Tracy Marquardt on LinkedIn, where we um, post pretty prolifically the link to join us live. Uh, I am, again, your co-host and moderator, Trent Russell, I'm the founder of Green Skies Analytics, where we help launch internal audit analytics programs and internal audit data teams. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Tracy Marquardt. Hi there, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us in the audit room. I'm Tracy Marquardt. I am all things audit communication and work with quality assurance communication as my business and also work with serious business teams around the globe. And I'm super happy today because two weeks ago, was it three weeks ago, I found myself at the IIE Canada conference in Calgary and I met Leah White there. And I love the topic that she had. We had great conversations. And so we've invited Leah to join us today. Leah is a partner at Grant Orton in the risk practice. She's also an internal auditor and has, a, 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 I think, a lot of interesting, interesting things to say around, you know, energizing our audit teams and behavior and all of those kinds of things. So our topic for today is re-energizing the purpose of your audit team. And Leah, welcome to the audit room. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you invited me. Yeah, this is a super interesting topic in general, uh, audit or otherwise, but there's there's a few other things I wanted to kind of hit on before we get into the the energizing, although maybe we should just to <laughs> energize the room. But uh, Leah, I know you're passionate about looking at risk from a human perspective. That's something that you've uh, kind of spoken about a little bit. What does that mean? And are, th are there some like examples that you could share to help kind of drive that home? Yeah. Um you must have read my LinkedIn profile. It is literally copy and pasted from your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that sounded very familiar. So I think there's a, a bit of a global misunderstanding when it honestly comes to the profession of internal audit and people who focus on risk and internal control because we're, we seem to be painted with a bit of a brush that, you know, we're not people, people, we're not terribly interested in in kind of the human behavior side of things and, and we're all focused on on numbers and documentation and, and that sort of thing. But really, I can't think of another profession that is more focused on people um, and change um, than the practice of internal audit. Uh, everything we do, 
we're building relationships. We're we're talking to people about you know what is currently going on in their organization, in their department. We're learning about why they're not doing certain controls or why they're not mitigating risks and trying to help them figure out you know ways to deal with things in a helpful and productive way. And it's really all about understanding people. And I think one of the one of the most influential books I read um, just related to this people side of things and change management, which is really what we are change managers, um, is a book called Switch, How to Change Things When Change is Hard. And I don't know if anyone on the line has read that book before. It's by Dan and Chip Heath. But the concept is in order to change things successfully, you need to have three things in place. And they refer to it as the elephant, the rider, and the path. Um, so the rider is you have to appeal to someone's logical, like, does this make sense? Um, side of things. The elephant is the emotional side of it. So how do you get them bought in emotionally and on board to a change? And then the path is what could possibly get in their way that you clear out of the way. And I, I try to look at every conversation I have as an internal auditor with those three things in mind, because typically one or all of those things is coming into play if risk is out there and, and people need to do something about it. Are those three elements, is that something that you bake into like a process? Is it formalized or is it uh, more of a mindset? With me, it's more of a more of a mindset. So when I'm talking to someone and kind of figuring out what the issues are, thinking about it from that perspective, like what is what is blocking someone from making a positive change within their organization or dealing with a risk? And it could be any of those three things. And then just kind of working through that as a thought process rather than having sort of a template with those sorts of things laid out in it. Got it. I think that's super important. And you'd mentioned before the word why. I think that's the most important question word when we're actually interacting with people is very often, you know, we as human beings react um, and I think or or, or um, object, resist. And the question really we want to answer is why. If we can understand the motivation for that objection or resistance, then we can help to overcome it much easier than if we're just, you know, shooting shotgun approach, trying to figure out what the problem is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's easy to jump into the, oh, well, they're just being difficult. They don't want to follow the process, but there's always a reason. We may not necessarily agree with their reason, but there's always a reason. And you have to help them come around to recognizing that there may possibly be a better way to do things. Yeah, that's a great point. Cause it is always, um, when there is resistance, it's like, just do it. <laughs> like, if you could just do it, uh, that would make it so much easier. And obviously there's sometimes where there's going to be resistance and, uh, to both of your points, understanding, okay, why is there the resistance there and getting down to that? Um, yeah. and I think you talk about Leah also, uh, maybe even root cause analysis also. So it was a five whys, a, a technique you like to do, uh, for even understanding the resistance part of it. Yeah, for, for me, I mean, what really drew me to internal audit as a profession is this whole human behavior component. Um, so delving into kind of that big why or bud you, you have in the chat there, what's in it for me? Absolutely. Like you really need to look at it from kind of the perspective of the situation and also from the perspective of the person that you're speaking with. Yeah, yeah I think that's a great way to look at it. All right. So to the actual topic at hand. 
uh, re-energizing our teams. How can we do that? What's the, I know what you gave a, a session on this at an IIA Canada event. Um, obviously we don't have a full hour for you to go through your entire session, but what maybe key takeaways from there, how can we actually energize our teams? Yeah. So that session really focused on, on a few key things. And, and one of the foundational elements of that was sort of purpose, um, because people are more energized when they're doing something that's meaningful to them. Um, and figuring out what your internal audit department's sense of purpose is. Like, why are you there? What exactly are you intending to achieve in the organization? And then linking that to your own personal sense of purpose, um, whatever that may be. And it's going to be different for every single one of us, I'm sure, on the call. Um, and then kind of expanding that to think of the individual people on your team and what matters to them, what's important to them, what's their sense of purpose, and how do you fit all those pieces together, kind of like a jigsaw puzzle, so that you're taking advantage of everybody's interests and everybody's strengths, and it's all still linked into what your internal audit group is trying to achieve overall. So it's purpose like, so go ahead, Tracy. <laughs> Sorry, I had to unmute myself. The cement truck is rolled up. Um, I think it's important that we look at the that from an individual perspective as well as a team perspective. So I always talk about that at, when I'm doing my workshops. So whether you're looking at your team and for the team or whether you're actually looking at a group of stakeholders, either way, I think starting with the individual is is the best way to go because you can't, as you said, paint everything with the same brush or everybody with the same brush. So yeah. is it, when we talk purpose, is that vision, mission, typical type approach to defining a purpose and then maybe a, another uh, maybe a better question that where do you see the purpose failing like if someone defines the purpose and then does it typically get put on the back shelves like all right we did the purpose thing let's move on to something else yeah it, it it's kind of like that you develop a vision statement or 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 something like that and and then it it to tick the box exercise and you've done it and you maybe hang it on the wall or you put it on your desk and everybody can read it but you don't live by it it has to be a meaningful activity and you have to keep coming back to it with everything that you do, which is why it's not something you can just necessarily brainstorm in a short period of time. You have to really put some decent amount of thought into it so that it actually is more than that tick the box exercise. When I think of kind of my team and what we're trying to achieve with the organizations that we work with, um, the the purpose that we came up with was um, inspiring positive change in the areas that matter most. Um, and we, each of those words is is really deliberate. And you want to come up with something that's that's short and meaningful and easy to remember and easy to explain to people. Um, because another a lot of organizations go off the rails with this sort of exercise by coming up with something that's like a paragraph long. All you have to do is read like the definition of internal auditing, for instance, in the on um, the IIA website and in the standards. It, it, it's not exactly snappy. It doesn't necessarily roll off your tongue. So you you want something a little more jazzy than that, I guess, for lack of a better word. And yeah. just kind of coming back to that purpose about inspiring change. I mean, we're all change agents. That's the whole reason we exist. Mm -hmm. But we don't make the change ourselves. Um, we have to make people interested and eager to make those changes, which is where the inspire word comes in. 
And then the areas that matter most kind of goes back to that whole risk-based approach to internal audit, um, because it's great to inspire change, but if you're only inspiring change in, in little tiny ways, it's it's perhaps not as important or impactful as those um, big areas where the organization is facing huge risk or opportunity. And would you say that tone from the top is important when you're trying to achieve that vision or mission statement? I think it's crucial. Uh, just like any direction of an organization, um, if if the person, people in charge don't live it, nobody else is going to follow it either because it doesn't look particularly meaningful. Um, I, I think we're all kind of in a, in a position right now where we're still kind of feeling burnt out and tired from all of the things that we've been going through. And before we can really invigorate our teams and energize our teams, we need to look more to ourselves uh, and think, how can I make myself more inspired and how do I bring back our, my own sense of energy so that I can bring that person to work? Um, rather than show up kind of head down, dragging myself in on a day-to-day basis. That's not the tone you want to set. It, it's like that, you know, you have to put your own mask on before you help others sort of mm-hmm. approach. Um, what what can you do to re-energize yourself at the office? I think that's an important uh, subject because that actually really resonated with me, uh, for me uh, because uh, to be honest, there there's been a few days the last couple of weeks where I'm like I'm just tired, and I think we've all been through so much, um, and we need to 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 put our own oxygen mask on first, um, but then bring it to the team and make sure everybody's rowing the boat in the same direction. You know, inspire them to do that. Yeah, yeah. There's this video of uh, it's it's really short, but it's a I don't know high school middle school teacher or something like that who's walking down the halls, <clears throat> uh, and it's from like their um their own cameras like a school or whatever it's not a production and the the guy is just like you could tell he's exhausted like he's kind of slumped over his head's down you could tell he's beat i couldn't imagine being a teacher especially this day and age with kids and phones and all that kind of stuff trying to get them to stay focused for longer than 10 seconds and so that's kind of what i imagined he was going through and dealing with that um and then they show him so they show him walking down the halls and then he shows up to his classroom he's about to go in and he just like straightens his back puts like this huge smile on his face and then just walks in and it's like, well, that's, yeah, I, I, I think that speaks to exactly what you guys are talking about. Like sometimes you just, you don't have it and you have to, I like the analogy, put, put your face mask on first um, and go in there with that, that smile almost. Yeah, exactly. And I think there are studies that show that, you know, if you're, if you're trying to fake happiness, sometimes you can, you can actually force yourself into yeah. happiness. Yeah. Yeah, that whole fake it till you make is controversial, but I'll tell you, sometimes it works. Um, Bud has a question. Do you view this as professional branding? It it is in a way because you're you're defining your why in a way that is meaningful to you, but also hopefully meaningful to the organization and, and easy to explain. I think we're all familiar with the kind of what's your elevator pitch sort of scenario. What do you do? Um and I think as much as it pains me to say, just telling people I'm an internal auditor um, doesn't inspire further conversation. <laughs> um, and trying to come up with explaining what you do in a way that resonates with people 
is is so important because there's so much value that we can bring to organizations that we don't want the conversation to end as soon as it starts. We've talked about that, maybe not on this, but I know I've talked about it with other folks in terms of like their elevator uh, pitch for internal audit. Well, I'm curious what yours is, Leah. Like if we just came on, knew nothing about you and said, all right, Leah, what do you do? What What do you say to folks? Yeah. Um, I can use that sort of purpose statement that I talked about before, um, but often what I'll tell people for for lack of anything better to say is, you know, I'm there or we're there to help you when things go wrong or keep those things from going wrong in the first place. Nice. Um, and, and that's something that people can get. They understand. As soon as you start to cross that, I'm an auditor threshold, you see people start to shut down. Yeah. Yeah. I see it just in uh, social situations personally in life. You go to watch a football game or whatever. And of course, hey, what do you do? If I go, I work with internal audit, they go, all right, I'm going to go get some chips. I'll talk to you later. Um, yeah. So I, I just, being in analytics, I tell them I, I build robots that find fraud. And then they're like, oh, that's super interesting. Tell me more about that, uh, which is yeah, kind of true, but not really. Um, I get people to explain internal audit to kin a, a class of kindergartners, to imagine that they're explaining it to a class of kindergartners. And I get the most amazing presentation. It's only a five-minute thing, but it's amazing. Yeah, it's a whole different body language, tone of voice a different word choice, everything. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be condescending to explain it that way either. It just has to no, be. No, absolutely. But I, I want to jump to a question um, that we had since we've been talking about energy and low energy. Let's talk about how can we energize our teens? Yeah. Well, uh, part of it is that, you know, finding ways to energize yourself, whether it's through some form of you know, self-care, figuring out what makes you happy at the office and, you know, out of the office. So for me, you know, what brings energy to me in my line of work is, you know, is there some way that I can be creative or innovative or come up with something new or different? Um, and the other piece of that is helping your team answer those questions as well, um, because, you know, having fun and, and going out on social events is, is great for energy and social interaction and team building, but you also have to be happy doing the work part of it as well. So you could have someone who's, you know, a data analytics person and what they're passionate about is really diving into the information and coming up with, you know, patterns and, and interesting um, pieces of information from a bunch of data that they can then use to transform an organization. You may have some people who are passionate about writing reports and coming up with innovative ways to communicate things. Um, so having those kind of coaching conversations with your team members to find out what their passion is at work um, is really a foundational piece, I think, of helping find the energy for yourself and for your team. That leads me to the question, do you think that audit managers or leaders in an internal audit have the knowledge and desire and skill to be that kind of coach to their team members? I think, I think, yes, people do have the ability to do that. I think it's helpful to have kind of support and training and, and to see kind of more opportunities for more of those soft skills, coaching, mentoring kinds of things. Um, we focus so much on kind of the technical 
side of internal audit, but we, we can't lose sight of the fact that really internal audit is all about um, people and relationships. Absolutely. I'm going to put a, a, a book that I use quite often. Um, it's called Coaching for Performance. I'm just going to find the author. I think it's Whitmore, but I'll just double check and pop that in the chat as well in case anybody wants to know about it. It's about the grow model end of coaching. Okay. And, and that's what I haven't read before, so I'm going to have to write that one down. I, I use it in all my coaching, to be honest. When I coach audit leadership, um, they usually end up buying that book as, as so that we can work through some of the concepts. Okay, and another is the other book, Switch. I can't remember the rest of it, but Switch, Leah, that you recommended. So we'll put that in the show notes. I put that one in. Yeah. Put that one. Yeah, it's up top there. And this is the other one. So we'll include that. And then Coaching for Performance by Sir John Whitmore. We'll put links to those in the show notes also so people can check those out. Um, all right, so we have our purpose uh, at the top, and then we have our individual team members also that um, have their purpose or what gives them energy that almost aligns to that. How can we then use that to develop like some sort of short-term or even uh, long-term goals for an individual on the team? Yeah. So it goes back to sort of that coaching piece. So that's the start of the coaching relationship is having those kinds of conversations and then working with them to set goals around, you know, what they're passionate about and how they can best utilize their their talents and their passions to further their own goals and the goals of the team. So linking those two pieces in together um, and having regular checkpoints and touch bases to see how are you doing and, and what more can we do to support you? Because part of this as well is there's been a lot of, I think, feelings of we're all working from home. So there's a bit more feeling of being alone perhaps than than what we have felt in you know pre-pandemic times so how do we make sure that people don't feel alone and that they're connected and and that goes into the whole how do you coach people when we've still got people remote or hybrid and we're not necessarily face to face anymore and no matter how we're communicating with people there has to be that genuine sense of connection so building trust with your team members so that they do share kind of their real thoughts and feelings and and passions and interests and getting to know who they are as people and not just as employees super important but then the flip side of it is they have to know you the same way you can't be this invulnerable perfect statue of a person sitting on top of things um, they have to know you know where you're concerned and where you've made mistakes and and what you've learned from it and really being vulnerable to your people is probably one of the most important qualities in a leader because it it's really brave to tell people what your weaknesses are i think that's an excellent point and and you know if 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 we've learned anything from the last two and a half years it should be that we need to be reaching out and making sure our teams are okay, not just with their workload, but with their with their state of mind and their mindset. And you know, we're mental health experts, but you want to you know make sure everybody's brought into the loop and 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 their voices are being heard, and they get that one on one time if they need it, and they feel appreciated, and they know that you're there. Yeah, it goes back to I mean, we're we're in a time when there's a lot of you know, uncertainty still and turnover and the great resignation and, and all that other stuff that's going on. 
And I, I do firmly believe that when people leave organizations, they're not leaving the organization, they're leaving the manager typically that they work with. And you want to be the manager that people want to work with. So that's great. Part of that is showing your team that you genuinely care about them as people. Yeah. Then, well, as we're starting to wrap up, I did want to ask in defining a purpose, because that's, it seems like has been um, kind of the crux of the conversation, or at least how we can find that energy and, and add the, the energy back into the team. Is there a process that you follow for that? Or, and the reason I asked, I could see myself as someone said, don't go to find your purpose. So I go, all right, let me go read 16 books about purpose. Let me spend an hour and a half Googling what purpose actually means. And then at the end, I would probably have, you know, literally nothing to show for it because I overanalyzed what a purpose uh, really is. And so is there like a, a process to follow or like a formula to follow? Or is it more just let's have a conversation and we'll kind of tease it out? Yeah. But if I were to to define purpose really simply, it's your why, right? Mm. Um, your your sense of why you do what you do in the first place. Your underlying, we talked about root cause analysis before, your root cause. Um, and it, it does involve quite a lot of self-exploration. I mean, you can kind of get to it by, you know, reading books and, and they'll give you some questions potentially that you can ask yourself to figure out your sense of purpose. But really it's thinking about you know, what makes you happy and then looking for themes in those things. So that sort of exploration helped me realize that the reason I love what I do is because I love the human behavior and psychology component of internal audit and, and the why people do what they do side of things. Um, so what makes you happy? What, what gives you meaning or fulfillment? Um, what types of things do you value? What's important to you? You know, some people, you know, value, you know, the social element of things or, you know, communication or family or money or everybody is going to have a different set of things that they value the most. Um, so thinking about what's important to you and then really delving into all those thoughts to look for themes and kind of teasing out your sense of purpose from all of that thinking. Perfect. I love that. And maybe it's the me liking, I, like I like to find patterns. And so when you said like defining your purpose or your why and very, or, or I think actually what you said is what makes you happy and like various aspects of your life. Cause as I was thinking about this call, uh, beforehand, I was like, well, this is my purpose in my like personal life. This is my purpose in my professional life. Um, but then looking at, okay, what are the themes between those two? Oh, that's actually what it is. And that's the why is um uh, something like as soon as we get done i'm gonna go back to my wife for these various aspects of my life and go oh well ultimately it's this thing that is really the why so that's um that's a great i don't i don't know if anyone else uh has that as a takeaway and like the light bulb finally clicked for them on all this but that did it for me so uh i'm actually pretty good i'm good to go like i could wrap up right now uh, selfishly i got what i came here for and so with th with, with that said and we are up against time uh, with that said, I will just add this note real quick from Bud and then I'll throw it to uh, Tracy and Leah. You guys can close this out. Bud uh, likes to ask the question uh, of himself, what do you want more of? And that kind of helps him, I think, formulate his why or his purpose. So all right. that's another good one as well. All right. Thanks, Leah. That was awesome. Uh, selfishly, like I said, I got what I wanted. <laughs> so Tracy, I'll throw it to you. And then Leah, if you want to wrap us up with any closing remarks. 
True, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the why question is super important and trying when you get clarity on that, um, when other people get clarity on that and they start to share that through, um, through LinkedIn or their, you know, their blog articles, whatever it is that they, you know, getting on stage like Lee and I do and, and Trent does too sometimes. I mean, you just share your passion and, and that why come through to your audience. And that's, that's what creates the magic in any relationship. I think whether it's a one-to-one discussion or whether it's one-to-many as in at, at a conference. So thank you so much, Leah, for joining us. Um, I really appreciate that. I know we've only known each other for three weeks, but it was like instant click. So I'm really glad you're here and I look forward to getting to know you over time even better. And if you have any closing words for our audience, I'd love for you to share them. Yeah, absolutely. I think if I were to summarize the conversation that we've just had, it's it's really all about finding meaning because when we find meaning ourselves and our teams, then we're happier with what we do because we feel like we're making a difference. And it's not just a generational thing. I know, you know, people are saying younger people are coming into the workforce and and they're looking at things in a different way and maybe looking for a deeper sense of, of meaning and purpose. I think we all are in our own way, regardless of what generation we fall into. And we're all happier and more energized when we're doing something that really fits with our own personal life.